There can be a lot of reasons why we follow the athletes that we do. Maybe we used to play a certain sport, and we marveled at how good a particular athlete is at that sport. Or maybe they're part of a team that represents a country, a city, or a school dear to our heart. The list can go on and on. And if said athlete endorses a product or appears in commercials for a brand, there's usually millions of dollars involved because they can have so much influence. For a long time, collegiate athletes couldn't do that and profit from it because going back to practically the beginning of the NCAA in 1906, there was this understanding that student-athletes were amateur athletes and shouldn't get paid. But since the summer of 2021, that's history. The present and future of college sports will be hugely affected by three letters, NIL. To learn more about why NIL is such a big deal, I recently visited the Athletics Administration Department on the campus of Louisiana State University. There, I sat down with Taylor Jacobs, a former college athlete herself. She was once a walk-on for the tennis team at Auburn University. So I was a women's tennis player, yep. Yep, I have not picked up a racket, though, maybe like three times since I graduated, so I don't know that I should claim that anymore, because if anyone saw me play now, they would probably think, you played in college? But I did, in fact, play in college. <laughs> Somehow I'm skeptical of that. I think you probably <laughs> kick a lot of people's butts in that, but that's that's not why I'm here. For those that are uninitiated, I know this is your world now with NIL. Mm -hmm. If you were to explain to listeners now, somebody listening to this podcast, what NIL is, like, what's your understanding of it? Like, does everybody have a concrete understanding of what NIL is? Because this is relatively new for many universities. Yeah, I don't know that everyone has a concrete understanding. I think people are very confused. NIL stands for Name, Image, and Likeness. The passing of the rules now allows for student-athletes to profit off of their name, image, and likeness. The intent of that was student-athletes could go become social media influencers. They could sell their jersey on campus with their name and number on the back of it and earn a profit off of that. They could be in a commercial, you know, marketing a product or a business or something. I think that was the true intent of the NIL rules passing in July of 2021. That may have been the intent, but as you heard Taylor say, there's some confusion surrounding the concept of name, image, and likeness and what it may mean for college sports. This is the Tan Report. I'm your host, Han Trung, and this week on the podcast, a candid conversation about NIL and how it's reshaping the college sporting world. Let's start with how LSU approaches NIL. The first thing you should know is LSU takes NIL very seriously, and why wouldn't it? NIL has the potential to produce multi-million dollar deals for its student-athletes and the university itself. With that in mind, LSU created a position dedicated to handle NIL initiatives and strategies. In that position is Taylor Jacobs. Stepped into this role in summer of 22, I guess. Officially took on NIL in July 1 of 2021. July 1st, 2021 is a significant date when it comes to NIL. That was the day the NCAA announced that it would be suspending a long-standing rule that basically prohibited college athletes from getting monetary benefits from their sporting accomplishments. It paved the way for college athletes to, quote, take advantage of name, image, and likeness opportunities, end quote. The NCAA made it clear that this is a transitional period and that congressional help would be needed to establish some clarity on a national level because there's a patchwork of state laws about the issue, not to mention NIL policies at various universities. At LSU, you could say it has an open-door policy for NIL. 
LSU made that abundantly clear when the rules changed in July of 2021. LSU ran a billboard in Times Square that basically said, we're embracing it. Here's NILSU. We're the real deal. I mean, literally, that's what the billboard said. So when you look at that. How much of that did you have a role in? Um, I was in the planning committee, but I will give all the props to our creative team for saying like the concept of creating the name NILSU and the bill, the billboard and the video. I was just at the table agreeing to all of these good ideas. Um, Hell, you're committed at that point with a billboard. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So the June 30th of 2021, there was a billboard running and it said NILSU, what's the deal? Then on July 1st, it changed to say the real deal. So at on July 1st of 2021, everyone was saying, well, LSU thinks they're the real deal in NIL. So we had to come out and prove that. Um, it's a bold move, I got to say. For it was guys. a bold move. But, you know, I honestly think it helped boost us. And here we are. And now we're and But I think it also showed recruits in the next generation of student athletes, like, we support it and we support you. And I will meet with all of our recruits to show them about our programming and teach them about what, what we're doing education-wise and the resources we're providing. And they hear that and they go, surprisingly, they all are like, wow, it's about so much more than just making money. And you're doing a lot to teach us about all of the things, not just helping me make money. As much as you can, I'm wondering if you can take us inside what NIL is like at LSU for them to, for the university to appoint you as, and am I overstepping my bounds by saying like you're overseeing NIL in mm-hmm. general for the athletic programs mm-hmm. here? Mm-hmm. I mean, what does that say in about the priority about NIL at LSU that they're they're placing you in this position and how LSU values or views NIL? I mean, I think it says a ton, and that's something as I just mentioned. I'm I'm extremely thankful for the way our athletic director and our senior leadership approached NIL because. From the beginning, before the laws passed, we took a very serious approach to saying, we want to be in the forefront of this. We want to be out front. We want to do what we can. Um, There was some anticipation this was going to happen, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So we all knew, everyone knew that the laws were going to pass on July 1st of 2021. So we were preparing before that. Initially, the conversation started as, okay, how are we going to educate? And what resources are we going to provide? And so I took a lot of time to build out what we call NILSU, and that's our education and resources program. That is for our student-athletes. So that serves the student-athlete experience. When you come to LSU and you're a student-athlete here, here's all of the ways we're going to help you in NIL. That is one thing that we've taken a ton of time to focus on. I've been extremely thankful that LSU has provided me, the staff, us the resources to be able to do that for our student athletes because we've been able to do some really cool things, provide some really cool opportunities. And I think our athletes feel supported in the space, which is honestly most important. I want them to know just as they have academic resources, mental health resources, strength and conditioning resources, they have NIL resources here. And that's something that we're proud of because we've embraced it. We've built it out. We're doing all these really cool things. So being really intentional with that has been important. That has now allowed me, because I have a staff that can focus on the education and the resources, I really, from a bigger picture, am able to sit with our senior staff and look at this holistically of, okay, we've got this up and running, we've got resources, we're educating, we're doing all the things, but now what is this impact going to be? And what is going to happen in the next three to five years? And what are we looking at? And how are we preparing for that? It's not clear what this is all going to look like in the next three to five years, but what's playing out now may give us a good idea of what to expect. Insurance giant, State Farm, 
recently signed its first NIL deal with a college athlete. Pretty soon, you can expect to see plenty of Caitlin Clark in all of State Farm's commercials. Clark is a dynamic guard for the women's basketball team at the University of Iowa, which lost to LSU in a championship showdown in March Madness earlier this year. If you follow college football, then you probably know about what Coach Deion Sanders has done to raise the profile of what was a pretty bad football program at the University of Colorado. His son Shadur is the quarterback, and they're both capitalizing on their name, image, and likeness in their first year at CU. Among their many ventures, the Sanders appear in commercials for Kentucky Fried Chicken. But anyway, be spicy, marinated, hand-breaded, new KFC hot and spicy wings, and legendary. Man, cut the boy joke and give me one of the wings. By the way, Deion Sanders has put in for a trademark for the phrase bull junk. You can't deny the power of marketing with athletes. It's been around as long as modern media and sports have coexisted. Sometimes I dream that he is me. You got to see that's how I dream to be. Michael Jordan drank Gatorade, and everybody wanted to be like Mike. Like Mike, if I could be like Mike. Of course, they also wanted to wear Air Jordans. Money's gotta be the shoes! Shoes, 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 shoes. You sure it's not the shoes? I'm sure, Mars. What about the shoes? No, Mars. Money's gotta be the shoes! The money professional athletes have made from endorsement deals often surpass what they earn in salary. Now, college athletes can play in that arena and get paid for it, and they've been trying for a while. NIL really goes back to a class action lawsuit from the late 2000s. Ed O'Bannon, a former star for UCLA's men's basketball team, argued that athletes like him should be paid for their name and image used in video games. Ultimately, a judge ordered the NCAA to pay more than $44 million to the plaintiffs for attorney's fees. The case really put a spotlight on this question of should college athletes be paid, especially considering all the money universities have made from their various athletic programs. Fast forward to what we see today, with college athletes pitching products, starring in commercials, and seeking their own brand of clothing. At the top of that list is Olivia Dunn, a gymnast at LSU. Dunn is widely considered the highest-paid athlete in the NCAA. She has more than 4 million followers on Instagram, and revealed that she once earned about half a million dollars for a single social media post. Her Instagram page, like many other college students, is full of selfies, glamour shots, and bathing suit poses. But unlike the average college student, she's an elite athlete, and the videos posted to her pages can be worth way more than what they'll owe in student loans. Are you ready for the college football playoff? Whether I'm sitting in the stands or watching it on ESPN, I always try to get the perfect... Taylor Jacobs told me Olivia Dunn kind of captures what's happening with NIL. When I say Olivia Dunn, what do you think of? I mean one of the top NIL athletes and top female NIL athletes. You know, Livy is always one that, I mean, I'm so proud of her, but she was here as a student athlete before the NIL rules passed. So we were heavy in conversation with her and her family about, hey, like this is important to us from their perspective. Like she has a platform that she she should be able to capitalize on. This is important to us. So how are you, LSU, actively working to, be ready in the NIL space. I mean, at the beginning of it, I talked with her family a ton just about that. And it it did put this sort of, 
I don't want to say pressure because it was great. Like I was so thankful that we were there hearing their perspective, but it did. It set an expectation and it made me think, okay, she's going to be ready. She's going to be doing this. She's going to have this platform. Like, how are we going to be supporting her and what are we going to be doing? And we need to be ready and we need to be, um, so I think that that will always be really special to watch how she went from the, the generation that couldn't profit to the generation that could, you know, the group that couldn't to the group that could. And what she's done in these two years is incredible. I mean, not only for her personal growth and brand and everything that she's been able to accomplish, but she recently launched the Libby Dunn Fund within the collective here in Baton Rouge, where she's giving back opportunities to other female student-athletes, and that's important to her. You heard Taylor mention the collective. That collective plays a big role in how NIL deals are brokered at LSU. It can also cause some dilemmas. There is a lot of confusion surrounding collectives. Is it the university paying athletes? Is what it does a collective? collectives mean? I'm sorry. So a collective is basically a group of donors that have come together and created an entity that was founded to provide NIL opportunities to athletes. And there, each school has one uh, pretty much now. There's a collective at almost every school, and they're raising money to go provide NIL opportunities. Are these alumni, former students? like Both. Mixture. Some alumni, some just big fans, some former athletes. So they're very influential then. Very influential, yeah. So I think that space has caused a little bit of confusion because you have what some would say is a true NIL marketing deal because business A went and hired student athlete X and entered into an agreement for the student athlete to be in a commercial and that was it. And then there's the collectives who are trying to provide payments to as many student athletes as they can. And so when you step back as an outsider and look at that, or maybe even as an insider, you're you're looking at a, mar- a marketing deal and, well, this is a collective NIL deal. So Yes, in theory, it is a marketing deal because they're promoting the collective, but the collective's purpose is NIL and NIL opportunities. So I think that's where a lot of confusion has come in. And I think a lot of people who aren't inundated in the space, they say, oh, well, the collectives are just the schools paying athletes. They're really not. We as institutions cannot pay athletes. They truly are separate entities that are formed and they are paying athletes because that's what they want to do. What's at stake when we're talking about money, marketing, the recognition of LSU as an athletic powerhouse, obviously in football. But what's at stake when we're talking about NIL at LSU? In the moment, what's at stake is, I guess, our student-athletes and their ability to be successful, right? So as a recruit coming here, you're sitting down talking to me or you're listening or you're watching the videos we've put out and you're saying, hmm, the LSU brand is so big and they are LSU's in so many conversations that that alone is going to make my platform bigger. And so now I would be able to be more successful. So we as an institution are constantly preparing for that and how to elevate athletes. When you look big picture though, this has NIL has gotten to be it it's become so much bigger than I think people are prepared for given the collectives and the space they've gotten involved. So a lot of the money that you hear about is coming from a collective and that has caused 
such high deals, high number in deals and large I mean, we're dollar amounts. Millions of dollars yes. potentially. Yes. Um that has created this conversation of is that enough? And how do we sustain that? And if we Wait, what's enough though? The, the amount of the money. money. Mm-hmm. And how do we sustain that money? And if it's not enough, what are we doing to make it enough? Or now, whereas at the beginning, administrators, NCAA, federal legislators, no one wanted to have a cap on NIL. But now people ask the question, has NIL turned into pay for play? And if so, do we need to talk about a cap? Are we looking at revenue sharing models? Are we looking at you know, paying a student athlete for coming and being a student athlete here instead of, you know, instead of looking at the scholarship value and the room and board and food and all of the things that we would provide a student athlete, is it more about the payment now for their marketing rights? And what does that look like? So in that context, what's at stake? I mean, college athletics, (laughs) because if you shift to I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying we're going here. I don't know what's happening. But hypothetically, if we do shift to a revenue share model, what is that going to do to the co- college athletics programs around the country? And when it's, you talk about revenue sharing, that's sharing with the student athlete. Uh-huh. Which is, it's a, it's a lot of... That's a significant step. It's a significant step. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of money to fund an athletic department, right? Between... Providing the game day experience and the student athlete experience and the food and the room and the board and the scholarship and the medical bills and the, the gear and the this and the that and all the things that go into it, not to mention the the salaries of the people who are running the, the department and all of those things, when you add in that revenue share piece, we probably aren't going to be able to fund 17 sports. You know, what does that look like? I don't know. And again, I'm not saying that that's where it's going or... We, we won't know. But it has for to be sure. part of the conversation. Because, it's definitely part of yeah. the conversation. So when you talk about what's at stake, we sit around the table and we say, okay, here's where we are now. And here's the things that we're trying to fix. And this is one of the potentials. What does that look like? And it's those kind of conversations that I honestly never thought I would be a part of. And here we are. If I could go back to the collective when you said, you know, is it enough? I mean, are you talking about is it enough money being generated from NIL deals through the collectives? Is it, yeah, I, just I mean, want to clarify, I think. So I'm, so yeah, I'm I think quoting accurately. Collectives, you know, are trying to provide deals to as many student athletes as they can, and you hear, you read, you can read an article if you Google NIL collectives. I'm sure you can read, you can entertain yourself for days about well, this school paid this, and this school spent this, and this school promised this, and. If that is truly the case and how this is being managed, then our coaches are put in a position where they feel like they have to keep up, right? Because in the recruiting world, it really is all about keeping up. Before NIL, it was the facilities race. Who has the best facility? Who has the best housing? Who has the best and what money are we spending to create these better facilities and provide better opportunities and do all these things? Well, now when you add NIL into it, it's the same kind of thing. Well, I can go to school A and I can make X in NIL money. So I want to be able to go to school B and make Y. And again, as a as a coach, you're sitting there going, this is not what I signed up for. <laughs> Probably is what a lot of them are saying. And you're having to navigate that conversation. And again, 
we have we at LSU are our student athletes are incredible and we're extremely fortunate to see so much success in the true marketing world but that is that is slightly different than the collective world and that's why I keep referring to these kind of two worlds you have your NIL marketing deals and you have your collective deals you know I'm I got to say, it's very refreshing to speak with somebody uh, on the administrative side that will talk about kind of, I don't want to say both sides because I don't think it's just binary, but there's a lot of gray area with NIL. You know, obviously it benefits the the student athletes, but you do have to question what this does to collegiate athletics Mm -hmm. and the public's understanding of the authenticity of what they're watching, mm-hmm. I suppose. And, mm-hmm. you know, I thank you for that. But I'm curious, like, how do you think it's unfolding now for LSU? Because you, you've had some major successes with NIL mm-hmm. pretty early. And mm-hmm. you, you just look at the, the women's basketball team last year mm-hmm. and what happened with Coach Mulkey and the outfits and, mm-hmm. um, you know, the players get, getting their deals. Like, how do you think it's unfolding for for LSU now when it comes to NIL? Like, what are your successes, do you think? I mean, I I don't want to... I feel kind of weird answering this, but, like, I personally feel like we've seen a ton of success in NIL, and I'm not saying that to... Why do you feel weird to, about to, that? Well, because I feel like it kind of comes across as, like, we're doing so great in NIL, and I attribute that to us. I don't. I attribute that to our student-athletes because they are incredible. They are out there winning championships. They are out there monetizing off of these brands and these businesses and the things that they're doing and that and their presence combined with you know the LSU brand and our national championships we have seen extreme success in NIL we have and I'm I'm extremely thankful for that because we are able to use these student athletes who are here now as examples for recruits to say like hey you come here, you put in the work, you win championships, your brand is elevated. Now from there, look at what happened to all of these student-athletes. But we also have examples of look at these student-athletes who came to campus with massive followers. And their team may not have won a national championship, but look what they've been able to do. Still just being here. So I think it's been extremely successful for us. It's been extremely positive for us, especially you know in what our student-athletes have been able to do, what they've been able to accomplish. I've been incredibly thankful for the Baton Rouge community and just the support and the buy-in that they've shown through businesses getting involved. We, a lot of our education is about networking and teaching our athletes how to build these relationships through NIL for life after college. And we've had a ton of support through the businesses in the community for that, you know, and it's, it's not always about providing an NIL deal or providing money, but sometimes it's about hey, I'm going to invest in you as a person and I'm going to teach you about what it means to run a business. And that has been great. While there's been plenty of attention paid to the plentiful amounts of money surrounding NIL, Taylor says the dollars aren't just going to the athletes or their respective universities. They're also going to charities and foundations. Taylor mentioned Angel Reese as an example. Reese was a forward on LSU's championship women's basketball team this year and is another NIL star at the university. Angel has gone out and given back to her hometown in Baltimore and her high school, and she's done other schools in Baton Rouge. Several of our baseball players have partnered with local charities in the area and give their NIL money back. My cynical side believes that LSU is very invested and interested in this because it promotes LSU. I mean, I don't think we can deny that. I mean, what's your take on how LSU sees NIL as an opportunity? I think we've been able to see it as a 
everything that we've done and what we've built, we are one of the progressive universities that took it on and embraced it and took it by the horns. Going back to the billboard. Exactly, exactly. And that has benefited us. Now, there are people on our staff that will sit down and be like, it has not benefited us because it's impacting donor dollars or it's impacting corporate marketing or it's impacting. And so it depends whose perspective you're looking at. I do think being in the narrative of LSU's embracing NIL, look at all their student athletes and look at what they're doing. It does draw a positive story to here and so that it's been good for us especially from a recruiting standpoint recruits are seeing like look at what student athletes at LSU are doing look at their brands look at you know we push something out. our creative team is incredible and we have what we call the LSU effect when you announce you're coming to LSU your follower your follower count goes up significantly we've had several student athletes where we've tracked how many followers they gained when they announced that they were coming here and so I think there's that's the good in that's how it's impacted us positively. I think there are, as I said, I've, I'm able to kind of manage more strategically how it's impacting our foundation and our corporate sponsorships and all of that. And there's probably some that would sit there and say, I don't know that NIL is really helping us. And now we are trying to figure out how to get there to where it is positively impacting us in those spaces. But those are the areas where we're, we're having to figure that out, you know. Just, just with anything. It's not always going to be roses and butterflies, but, <laughs> you know, there's always a few thorns in the roses that you have to be prepared for. What keeps you up at night with NIL? Like, what do you worry about? Well, a couple of things. One, the mom in me, I do, I worry sometimes just about how exposed our student athletes are sometimes. I worry about their safety and what are they doing and are they putting something on social media they shouldn't be because there's so many eyes on them so there's that piece of it now we do a lot of education we do a lot of training we're making sure that they feel covered in that space but naturally I think just as a mother I worry about them because these all sometimes feel like well yeah to be fair I mean you have professional athletes that put really stupid stuff on their social media exactly and And they have a team of people and they have a team of people who are monitoring what they're doing whereas our student athletes don't always have that and so um, that I also think taking it out of the student athlete perspective just the inconsistency in legislation state laws guidance from governing bodies that that keeps me up because you know I rack my brain with how can we prepare for this and what should we do and I think I get to a solution and then I'm like okay but we can't do that because this group prohibits it but we can do it because this group allows it so what does that look like and who are we you know it's just this constant my mind never stops so that's probably what's keeping me up but um it's just that constant feeling of okay, we want to stay out front, but we need to be mindful of the rules and we need to make sure we're living within them. And we also need to be progressive and the rules are confusing. They're very gray. So that, you know, I will be thrilled when there's more consistent legislation. It's hard to say if or when Congress could ever present a piece of legislation to bring some consistency to NIL. Things tend to move very slowly in Washington. In the meantime, NIL deals and the money attached to them will likely only get bigger. In Baton Rouge, I'm Ton Trung for WWL Radio.